This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Three ways you can support the show. We're available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on thehockeywriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 25 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Andy Brickley edition, and I'm friggin' excited. We have been off the air for three weeks. And this is our last break of the offseason, and we're jumping right in with a lot of news to get you caught up. Uh, yeah, buddy, I'm pumped. Uh, the The preseason starts tonight against Columbus at 7 p.m. on Nesson. My boy Rob is in the house. Rob, what's going on, man? I am good, man. I am so excited for the season to start. I know. I'm wicked pumped. Uh, it, it's it's so close. It's 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 ah. Oh. It's even preseason, though the Bruins are on the ice. I know it's even better, and, like, it's, and, it's, and it's, I'm, it's televised, which is great. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. But how how, how was your three weeks? Let me ask you. Let me let me get, like hear what, how you been. Uh, my three weeks were pretty good. I spent a lot of time at work, chilled out, went and got drunk quite a bit. So <laughs> it's always I, good. I saw your post about, uh, I know I'll say this once, but I'll never do it again, but I'll, I'll end up doing it again soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know it. I got into work today, and all the people that I was out with the other day said, we've got to do it in another couple of weeks. So Nice. I, I knew it wouldn't last long, but <laughs> Very it's cool. always good. Awesome. So uh, let's, just, let's just dive right in. Um, today is uh, Monday, September 26th, and... Uh, it's a it's a great day. Uh, the Bruins re-signed uh, Brad Marchand to an eight-year extension. He's gonna it's an AAV of six point one million. Um, some details on the on the tri- on the uh, re-signing. He's got a no movement clause from 2017-18 season to the 2021-22 season, and modified no trade the last three years of the deal. Um, I'm. The term for me is a little much, but I'm kind of I'm happy with the deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. I, I've been seeing it all World Cup of Hockey. People going, "Oh my God, he's going to get traded to the Penguins. He's he's going to be uh, Sidney Crosby's new line mate." But no, nope. the little bowler hit staying in Boston for eight more years. Loved it. I loved oh, it. it. It the the money's good. The money is good for the eight-year deal. 
the money is really good but it's eight years it, it's it's a long time to deal with I, so I I, I uh, with everything that's gone on in the past with how the Bruins, and I know that different regimes have been through, but uh, I, I like I don't like the long-term deals. They just scare me. I mean, the Chara deal did it for me. It really did. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but you got to, like, I'll say this every time we re-sign someone for a long term, and all you got to think back to is Mark Savard. Yeah, exactly. Like, it took us long enough to get that contract out of here. I don't want to see it again, but I don't think Marshan's ever going to be that guy who's going to get that hurt. He's he's just he's hurting people, not the other way around. Right. So it, I just I'm just so happy to say that he's going to be still be a Bruin because he is one of my favorite Bruins. So. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe this deal is also that it goes along with Bergeron's deal. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, well, I think Bergeron's got, is it six years left on his? I'm looking on generalfanager.com right now. It's either five or six years left. Because he got a seven year deal, didn't he? No, uh, Bergeron will be a UFA 2022. No, so yeah. So close well, enough. It, it's good to know that we're going to have them two guys, and the thing is that they're not going anywhere with the no movement clause and the limited trade clause. They're pretty much guaranteed to be Bruins for the rest of the time unless they want to leave. So, and, that, and after his, I believe his a career year last year. You you kind of you kind of had to. Uh, lock him up. I just, yeah. I mean, he's going to be a bro until he's 36 now. Yeah, so, but... I mean, I, I'm not expecting 37 goal seasons, um, you know, past the age of 34, but um, if they still have him uh, at that point, I, I, I believe he's still going to be a, a contributor. Yeah, but he, he's a great role model. Look at the things that he's said over the past few years about having passengers on the team calling guys out for not doing the jobs like that's the kind of guy you want on your team you want a guy who's going to call guys out and say you're not working hard enough you need to work harder if you want to be a Bruin you've got to do this you've got to do that like that's exactly what you want from an from like an alternate captain so I think he's destined to wear an A on his shirt and I think he's going to be here for a long time yeah, I like it. I like the idea too. Um, I think he works well with the younger players that are going to be coming through. Yeah. Um, and speaking of younger players, I gotta we we gotta bring in um, the news about Frank Vetrano. Uh, he tore a ligament in his left yeah. foot while training, had surgery today, Monday the twenty sixth, and is expected to miss three months. This is a blow. Well, um, it is and it isn't. If you look at it in the right way, the, there is so much depth at forward with the Bruins. And a guy like Frank Petrano, who only came in last year, start of last year, you've got guys who can now step up. Seth Griffith, he he can get a shot. You've got Heinen, he can get a shot. You've got guys like Hargrove, Ferlin, all wanting jobs in the NHL. This is the this is the perfect time for something like this to happen because it's just going to cause more competition within the Bruins. Yeah, um, I was I uh, I mean injuries are unfortunate and that you can't predict them. But I was yeah. really hoping that he was going to step in uh, on a full on a full NHL eighty two game schedule and uh, really uh, prove uh, to management what he can do. Um, as a as a about you know he's, he's still a young kid. Yeah, he is. So but it it is kind of it's kind of the best time for it to happen if you think about it. I mean, you'd rather it happen like during the off season and he's ready to go. But I mean, if it was going to happen, this is the best time for it to happen. Right. Because you don't you don't want it to happen halfway through the season when you've got to call a guy up and then when when he's back you've got to subject them to waivers like. This is the best time to 
give a guy a shot and if it doesn't work out trade him when he comes back or in time for him to come back so I think I think we'll just see a lot more competition out of the forwards I am really gutted that he's not going to be playing because he's just been playing so well like the end of the season with Providence and then coming back up to the Bruins for the last bit it, He's shown determination and he deserves an NHL deal when it comes to re-signing. He deserves to be in the NHL, so it's going to be good to see him come back, though, because I think he'll come back with a bit more fire. Yeah, uh, I hope so. I, I mean, I, I, I really like the kid. I like his uh, intensity. Um, I mean, especially watching him down in the AHL, the kid was just an unbelievable player. And I, like I, I say on every podcast, I watch a lot of the AHL Bruins games, all the Bruins games, sorry. And, and he was just, he was just outstanding. Uh, thirty-six goals in thirty-six games, um, unbelievable. But and he made that power play deadly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, him and Austin Zarnick were just absolutely disgusting on yeah. on, on the P, on the power play man advantage. It looked like it looked like a Vetchkin on that power play. Yeah, he'd set set up for a one timer and just blast it home every single time. Yep, just an absolute beast. So, so all right. Well, I want to stay on Vetrano just for a second, but I also want to bring in another player that we need to talk about um, because in our absence, in our break, uh, Petey Mueller gets a PTO with the Bruins, which is a professional tryout. For those who don't know. Um, does, uh, would 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 a Vetrano injury give Mueller a kind of a um, a step into a roster spot and make possible contract? Yeah, because this guy's got experience. I mean, a lot of people forget what he did in Arizona. Yeah, he was I mean, a high he, pick. Yeah, and he had a really good first season. Yep, and then he had concussion problems and. I mean, when you bring a guy in on a PTO, even if he does have concussion issues, like, he, he hasn't had them recently. This is, what, four or five years ago? Yeah. So, I mean, he's obviously been cleared to play. So, there's nothing major to worry about. But you bring this guy in on a PTO, you give him a contract, what, you're looking at probably a two-way deal? Probably the lowest possible one-way deal contract. I mm-hmm. mean... This is a like no risk, high reward situation. So I, I really like Mueller. I, I think from watching what he did in the European leagues and watching how he plays, and he always gives a hundred percent. Which I think he's even said in interviews, like when the Bruins called, he knew like straight away he wanted to go to the Bruins. So. Yeah, he's he's been over in Europe for the last three seasons, I believe. Um, uh, I don't remember the leagues. Uh, was it uh, SHL? Yeah, was it two Swedish. years in the SHL and one in the um, uh, was it a Swiss league? Yeah, I okay. think so. Okay, but yeah. he's just—I mean, people are going to dog him for the European hockey. Like, I know that straight away. I know so many NHL fans just go off on one about European hockey and how slow it is and all this stuff but he's going to bring something different to the team, I mean he is an all round player, like he can do everything, he can use his body, he's he's a depth guy and you're going to have him probably on one of the bottom two lines and having a guy like him with a guy like Spooner maybe on the third line or maybe on the fourth line it, it's good experience for younger guys as well, because this guy's travelled the world. He's done. He's played in different leagues. He knows a little bit of everything. Like this is what you want teaching you guys. This is why teams get journeymen players in, because they can teach the kids like what they need to know from around the league. So, it, I think it's a. It was a great idea, and. Yeah, there are some guys out there that I would have rather seen them go and get, but at the same time, I think it'll be a good deal, and I really think he will earn a contract because he does actually look quite good. 
and yeah, and I have to agree with that. I was, um, I, I wasn't too thrilled about the sign. I mean, the PTO deal. But um, when I saw him in training camp for the the last over the weekend, that yeah. really turned my thoughts around on on what kind of player this guy could add um, and what element he could add to a Bruins lineup. I thought he worked very well with uh, players like Dominic Moore. And like you said, he did spend some time with uh, Ryan Spooner. Yeah. Um, he does have, he still has some explosive speed and a, a wonderful shot. I, I was actually very surprised. The only thing I didn't like about him at training camp was he has a very bad porn stash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got one of them looks where you just like <laughs> no, but but I mean the thing is we lost a guy like Ericsson last year and he was an all round player and he got stuff done in all situations and Peter Mueller is a guy like that like you could put him on the penalty kill if you need to you can put him on the power play if you need to he can play in all situations he's he's taken face offs before for European League teams so I mean like having a guy like that for basically no money on a one year deal is great because if we don't make the playoffs and it was we're at the situation where we can trade guys like that away and bring younger players up then do it because mm-hmm. it's only going to help out the organisation by trading them away That's a good point. and the thing is if, if he likes the Bruins and he does get traded away, his contract ends at the end of the season. So you could do a Toronto where you re-sign him, ship him out again, do the same thing. Like Toronto have done it three years in a row with some of their players. So, I mean, it's always good to get these guys in, and especially the guys who, when they come here, they say uh, they love the Bruins organization and they've followed the Bruins organization. So I do agree with the way that we're doing dealings with players now. But, so. not, but not only that, a player like Mueller is going to come in here and really, um, not only is he trying to get back in the NHL and he's you know dedicated to 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 get back in the the league that he's always been uh, you know wanted to be a part of for his whole career, but he's also an element that's going to push uh, younger players because everybody, I mean, pe- people like uh, Griffith and you know Zarnik and all these guys, they're all auditioning for. Uh, a roster spot, and this guy could be one of those, you know, players that comes in and just, you know, adds a little step to their uh, to their game, and uh, you know, they might not get the spot, but you know, you, you're going to see the best out of them when a player like this comes uh, to the team. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. And like I said competition's always good it's always good to have more players than you have spots because then you find out who's right who's ready who wants it more like if Mueller had to come in and look like he just expected a job then I think he'd have been gone by now so we're going to see the best out of him tonight because he's going to be playing tonight so I think Watching him in games against other teams is going to be probably the best way to watch him because he'll go out there and perform because he needs a contract and he wants to be back in the NHL, like you said. So, I mean, even if he doesn't make it, there's a chance it'll take an AHL contract just to try and prove himself. So there's always that added scoring down in Providence. So I think all around, like I said, low risk, high reward. Yeah, and, I and I, you know, I'm I'm with you on this. Is I I believe that um, he wants to stay in North America, and I think he'll do anything that um, he can to 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 facilitate that. And I believe an AHL one, uh, you know, a two way deal is not a bad thing. But um, yeah. you know, that remains to be seen. Well, like I said before, there are players out there that I would have rather got, but at the same time. I'd kind of forgot about Mueller and with him not being in the NHL anymore and not really following the European leagues as much as I probably should do I'd forgot all about him and then I went and watched highlight packages and I went and watched some game tape on him and watched what he's still like and 
he's still as determined as he was when he was drafted. So, I mean, you see players like kind of step off a bit when they don't make it in the NHL and they go over to Europe, but he, he definitely hasn't. So, I'm excited. And, yeah, that's... Um... The next, the next uh, bit of conversation is uh, is a young man that's trying very hard to to crack an NHL roster, and I gotta tell you, and as and you know this as well, um, it's been a tough summer for this young man. And Zach Senishin, uh missed rookie camp due to an appendicitis. Um, yeah. He missed development camp in July of this year uh, with mono, so. This young man has definitely been through the, uh, the, uh, the some bad times so far. But um, positive things out of um, out of training camp. Um, he skates well. It looks like he's he he's recovering, and I'm um, I don't believe he's gonna crack a uh, an NHL roster spot. I believe he's gonna go back down to the Ontario Hockey League with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And I'm expected to him to uh, possibly break the 50 goal mark this year. Yeah. I mean, he had 46. Uh, he went from, you know, in his rookie season in the OHL, he got 26 on the fourth line roll. And his uh, sophomore season uh, got 46. So, uh, with um, on a on a first line roll. So, uh, you know, with higher expectations, he's creating more opportunities for himself to um, to be more of a point-per-game player. Yeah, he's... I mean, the one thing that stands out about him is his speed. Like, when you watch him in the OHL, he's just way quicker than anyone that's out on the ice with him. And for to say he's quite a tall guy, he just his stride is unbelievable. And I think that's what makes him appealing to the NHL right now, is he's probably faster than anyone we've got on the ice. So... Well, I'll tell you... Uh, you know, we're gonna, the next topic we're going to talk about training camp. But um, um, I was so impressed by his speed, his stride, his determination, and believe it or not, I was very impressed with the way he handled players that have been in the league for about three to five years. I mean, it's it's almost like he was matched up with players that he's been playing with against for a long period of time. Um, I, I I think his I think he's going to be knocking on the door, but it's going to take a full season of continued development uh, in the OHL, for, for, in my opinion, to see him honestly come through before he cracks an NHL roster spot. Yeah, but it's it's like I've been saying, when, when it comes to drafting, they've drafted players that they've looked at heavily, and this is why a guy like Zach Sanishin went in the first round, and it just proves that there are them hidden little gems out there because there is so many scouts now saying that they would have took him higher like they would have, they would have like scouted him more if they realised he was going to be this good and stuff like that so it's always exciting to see that when when guys turn around and go we were wrong about this player yeah so yeah because in, in 015 the, the final central scouting rankings had him I, I believe mid second or early third. Yeah. Which I thought was just like, I mean, I was a little, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I'm always going to say the Kyle Connor. I'm always going to bring that up, but I'm, I'm like real impressed with this kid and, and, and his progression. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on that because everyone talks about Kyle Connor and the whole, we didn't take Kyle Connor, we took that Zach Sanition. But, in five years' time, is Zach Sanishin going to be playing first line minutes, and Kyle Connor going to be another Kirby Reichel? Because, like, you never know what's going to happen with these kids. Yeah. Like, this is why it's so hard to judge a player to actually be a first round pick. Out out of the top five picks, like outside of the top five picks. It's so hard to decide who's going to be a first round pick and who's going to be a second round pick. Like the first two rounds are really the top of the class. Like the guys who are definites, well, pretty much definites to make it to the NHL. Yeah. But 
you get them hidden gems down, like further down. But this is why I'm glad that they're scouting the way that they do because we find these hidden gems and we take them before anyone else realizes. And then five years down the line, we can be saying, "Yeah, that's why we did that. That's why we brought this guy in." So I think I think he's going to be really good for us. But like you said, I think he should go back down and spend another year down in the minors get his game up then he can come back up playing Providence at the end of the year it's it's all about progression and with guys like that maybe maybe annoying him by giving him another year in the minors and not eating up a year of his entry level deal will be good because hockey's all about the money and if we can't afford to re-sign guys that year of an entry level deal means a lot yeah, so sure. Yeah, so it's, it's all it's all business. Everything's got to be business. So agreed. So I was at training camp over the weekend, as I as I said before. Yeah. Uh, what a fantastic experience! Uh, the new Warrior Ice Arena in Alston, Brighton, Massachusetts, is is all it's all worth the hype. Uh, what an amazing facility! Uh, I'm a little disappointed in the seating. That's the only thing that really bothered me is is the old crappy Wilmington Arena uh, Memorial. I'm sorry, the Restucia Memorial Arena in Wilmington, Mass. You know, it it, it facilitated the needs of the Bruins for uh, about 30 years, and but it was just you know 7,200 square feet of 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 space the Bruins used. And they really needed something different. They needed an upgrade. Now they have 75,000 square feet of, of arena and seating. Um, and they have 25,000 dedicated, 25, dedicated to a locker room and training um, a facility and, and a pro shop. This was something that they need. Um, I, t- I talked to a couple people uh, um, in management. I, uh, uh, John Ferguson, for one, had a conversation with him yesterday about uh, the, that's the general manager, I believe, of the Bruins, um, the need to bring players in and see this and be like, wow, this is, you know, and, you know, I, I believe it could be a leverage factor, but I was, I was amazed, and uh, I was real amazed with a lot of the the younger players that 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 stood out. That's good though. I I was excited to see a few guys, and I think my list has grown of guys that I was excited to see as soon as the first day finished. And I'd watched some highlights of some guys through people like you on Facebook and other people that have gone. For me. It was mostly about goaltending. Like I, I wanted to see what the goaltending's like this year because Tukaras wasn't there, and it was Anton Hudobin and um, who else was there? Daniel Vladar, Malcolm Subban, uh, Malcolm Subban, and Zane McIntyre. Yeah, and those guys are going to see heavy minutes in preseason. I don't know if Tukaras is going to get a game in preseason. I pro- I probably doubt it. I think they should give him one game. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't think he got a single game last year. No, I don't pre-season. believe I don't believe so either. And people ripped him for that. Yeah, and I I think that's unfair to let you let you start in goalie start the season with no no game time. Yeah. So. Especially, especially when people are auditioning for jobs, like last year, uh, it was it was the Subban show and it was Jonas Gustafsson auditioning yeah. for the backup role. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but those games belong to the, the the players that are fighting for a spot. I, I don't I don't like to see my starting goaltender, but yeah, you know. But well, then you get those people that say, well, if he started three or four games in preseason, he probably would have had a better year. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like to see them get one. Like, I like to see the starting goalie get one one game in preseason, and then see the other guys battle the rest of them. But I mean, there's no point in giving your starting goalie like three, four games. Like, 
that's just stupid. But I mean, uh, like this this year, it's not as much about the goaltending because we know Anton Hudobin's got the backup job. We know he's going to start the season with the in the NHL. So I was looking forward to seeing the defense more than anything. Yeah, and I, I was really really looking forward to just seeing some of the right shot defensemen seeing how they're doing seeing if anyone's looking like they're going to push for a job guys like Grizzlick seeing if he'd push for a job maybe um, but I think when it comes down to it I always tend to go like start looking at the forwards more than anything because they're the guys with the speed they're the guys doing most of the work and I was hoping to see more guys like Oscar Steen, but uh, I was I was hoping to see more of the lower round draft picks, but we haven't. But uh, I think I think when it comes to like camp, you everyone wants to see like the biggest names when it comes to the uh, the rookies. But guys like Sean Curley, I wanted to see unbelievable I didn't get to see much of him, but I've heard that he was unreal. He was unbelievable. He he that kid. I you know what I I, I have a different opinion about him now. Uh, I, when I saw him in development camp, I really wasn't that impressed. And the, over the weekend, he brought a total total different style to his game. Than, than in development camp, and and I was impressed. He, I mean, along the boards, I mean, this is training camp, and these guys were hitting. Oh yeah. They were they were bashing each other, and he was right in the middle of it, along the boards. He's got great speed, an unbelievable shot too. Uh, I was I was quite impressed. I saw. Uh, I think it was uh, Quader in the corner that got kind of. Crushed against the boards at one point on forward checking drill. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember who the forward was, but it was a, it was a big hit. Like that was a crushing hit. But that's good. That's what you want. You want them to go into preseason playing full, a hundred percent hockey. Like not. I, I don't want to see him going half, like half strength against each other and kind of like having a little bit of a joke in the boards and all that stuff. You want to see intensity, yeah, and and that's definitely what we saw from the highlights from there. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, I want to touch back on goaltending for a second because I mean this is this is our wheelhouse because you know, I'm a retired goaltender and you're still playing because you're 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 still young, <laughs> but a young book. Yeah, but uh, uh, standouts for me. Uh, another standout uh, summer for Daniel Vidar. I mean, he he impressed me in, in development camp. He doubled my impression at this training camp. I mean, this kid is going to be good. And I believe yeah. he's, in my opinion, I believe he is now the highest goaltending prospect in the Bruins. Yeah, Some people argue with me, but, we'll, I, you know. I can see, I can see them, like, well, I've been saying it for a while, I can see them trading off Malcolm Zuban, but Well, now that you touched on that. It, he's got one year left. I know, and this is a critical mm. year. And... I I I'm dead serious on this. I again not impressed with his effort. He did not yeah. he did not put in a full effort at development camp and a lot of people said well that was development <clears throat> camp and the coaching staff probably said, "You know what? You're coming off an injury. Work yourself in. I can get that, okay? But this is yeah. training camp. You're trying for a job." And you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Beat a lot of times on two on O's. That that video you posted, the over-the-glove shot, Yeah. that looked like an amateur playing because he, he swung his glove at it. He, he didn't have, like, position where his glove's up like it should be. And like you just let the puck come to your glove and watch it into the glove. He kind of like swung at it like he was trying to make a flashy save. Right. And it, straight away I was thinking, oh no, it's the Subban effect. But like it's, it's that flashiness coming back like he used to. But when the, you know, I I remember back in the day on two one O's in the back of your mind, you know it's going to be difficult to make the save 
But you yeah. get up, you set yourself up, you square yourself to the puck, and you try again. Yeah. He got up on a lot of two on O's that he got beat on badly. And I understand, you know, it, it's a pass. You're not going to be able to get over there all the time. But his reaction after the goal was, I believe, a little unprofessional. He did the he, whole smack the stick on the floor. Oh my, he pulled a fit. Yeah. He pulled a fit and he wasn't happy about it, you know. And he's skating around, the sticks flaring. He's just, I, I, I don't know. He just doesn't seem there for me. I believe in his skills, I really do. But he, uh, with one more year, I just, I, I don't know. I think that it's time. I mean, with, especially with Vladar coming in. Yeah, and I mean, what I was gonna say before was I can see Vladar. Being the guy who is the backup after Kadoban leaves, uh, yeah, I, because I, I, there's two years of that, and I don't see McIntyre making the NHL anytime soon. No, but uh, McIntyre, now that you bring him up, he had a solid camp. I thought he did quite well. Um, you know, I'm not saying he did good enough to to crack an NHL roster, but um, he's uh, sufficient enough to another year in the AHL. But um, yeah, showing I, a bit of improvement. Yeah. You know, and I talked to a lot of people about that too, and they all said the same thing about Subban. It was just like very disappointing in his attitude. But yeah, well, it, we we've seen it in the past, and he always seems to like. It almost seems like he's gonna get like one of the coaches is gonna absolutely go at him, like behind the scenes, and bollock him, and they'll shout at him, and all of a sudden they'll come out with this different attitude, and he'll be like, yeah. I, I realize I did something wrong and it's time for me to change and blah, 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 blah. But then six months down the line, you'll see it revert back to the guy who it used to be. Like, I remember seeing Subban and everyone saying, oh, he's got great positioning and he's, he's really good with his vision and all this stuff. But then I also see him trying to make too many flashy saves, trying to kind of, like, show off. Like, I get it, he's an, athlete, he's an athletic goalie, but... He's too aggressive for me. Yeah, some of the like the way he throws himself himself across the net, and kind of like the whole, just kind of have the pad out and not really pull your blocker up as well, and yeah. he doesn't really stretch out fully. Like you see with Tukaresk, and you see with guys like Jonathan Quick, where they're agile but they're also flexible, mm-hmm. and like Tuka will always get his blocker up as well as his pad across. Like it won't. He won't just flail a leg at it and expect to make the save. It, it's always like a hundred percent effort to get to the other side of the net. Whereas with a guy like Subban, you'll see him try and make that flashy tall save or just kind of like throw himself across a bit. I, I'm not feeling him. I don't. I don't think he's as good as everyone thought he was going to be. I think a lot of people are stuck in the way of thinking he's a first round pick, so he's got to be good. Well, I was uh, again, and I know I say this a lot, but I was I was not thrilled about the selection, you know, with a player like Tanner Pearson still available. But that you know that's that's over and done with. But uh, uh, moving on to uh, other players in training camp that I was impressed with, David Krejci. I was I was real impressed with uh, Krejci's um, speed. (laughs) I mean. It, it it looked like he never had a hip surgery, and he was getting involved. I mean, he was getting hit. People were giving the stick to the back and so on. You know, the lower back. Yeah. And and he was curling away from it. He was taking it, and he was moving quite well. So, um, I you know, same thing with Tory Krug. Tory, uh, both of those guys, they looked uh, really good, and, and and hopefully they'll be um, you know, be prepared for the season start and not. Um, uh, when when the uh, injuries and surgeries were mentioned that they were going to miss some time. Yeah. Well, have you seen how much muscle Tory Krug's put on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he that does. That guy is packing so much muscle now. It's unreal. I saw him at development camp this year in July, and he was, he was not on the ice, but he yeah. was in the room working out, and he came out to watch, and it's just like, dude, you got stacked in a short amount of time. Yeah, he's, he's been working hard. Monster. Like, but that's what you want to see. Like, 
I think Tory Krug's our only real deal top four defenseman. Like I think he's the only guy. Who, well, I, I guess Char is as well, but he, he needs less minutes to be an effective. Yeah, Char, top four Char, Char is Char is not that, but he's going to be put in that role because of his experience. Yeah, but with a guy like Tory Krug, when when he's a young guy and he's got to step up, and I, I, I totally believe he is our best defenseman. Like, I really think he is our best all-around defenseman. Um, I think he's definitely stepped his game up. Like, last season, the amount of assists he had and the amount, like, his plus-minus wasn't too bad and he was a lot more aggressive on the boards. Who was that guy that he fought? Um, when was it? Like, halfway through the season where someone shoved him into the boards when... Way oh, I wish I, I I do remember what you. I yeah. remember. I don't remember the team you or just, the or the name, but I remember it happening. In his eyes, he just turned around, cross checked him yeah. straight away, and then as soon as he turned and saw the referee didn't see the cross check, that was it. He offered <laughs> him out, dropped the gloves, went at it. I mean, Tory Krug's not. I mean, he's a muscly guy, but he's not big. Like he's not. He's not six foot four like most of the other forwards are, and he's not. Like, he's not got the fighting ability that those guys have, but, I mean, that guy has some heart. Like, he'll go in and he'll play the Bruins style. I I think he's just... I think he's amazing, and he's definitely, like, an absolute steal for us. Being an undrafted guy who we brought in and developed, it's just crazy. Other uh, other defensemen in training camp that I, I must mention, um, and, and they're veterans... Uh, John Michael Lyles, yeah, he uh, he looked he looked good in camp. Hopefully, he has a strong season. Uh, McQuaid, McQuaid's McQuaid. I he, you know I he just moves like a slug, but you know he he is he is you know he's a, he's just a stay at home guy, but he's your he's your muscle on the team basically. Yeah. Um. Who else? Chara wasn't there. Um. Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller. Now he is an interesting one. I really saw pep in his step. I saw toughness. I saw lower and upper body strength that he, uh, you know, obviously uses on a game-to-game basis during the regular season. But his determination to really um, secure a spot on the uh, 0-16-17 season. Um, it kind of impressed me. Now I'm I'm really concerned about him and his injuries, though. That's the one that's gonna. You know, I mean, they they didn't. Um, I didn't. They didn't scrimmage at all, but they did like you know half ice, uh, short ice workouts when yeah. they do like three on threes, blah blah blah. But uh, I I just hope he stays healthy. You know. I mean, not... his injuries haven't been through his own doing. So it's not, I mean... Yeah, it's not careless. His injuries were, well, his main injuries have been the time that he got plastered into the boards. And then his shoulder when he went down in that fight. So, I mean, the two accidental injuries. I mean, I know he was out for quite a while with both of them, but... I mean, it's not kind of like McQuaid where you understand that He's kind of fragile and like a little hit can hurt him sometimes. And you, you get them players who have niggling injuries like Krejci, who's you kind of come into the season, you're like, oh, he's, he's going to have an injury at some point. I just hope someone can step up. But with a guy like Kevin Miller, I think it's more like when it happens, you just go, oh shit. Like you saw when he got hit against the board, you just went, that's, that's bad. Like you know he was gone, and then the same with that fight. As soon as he got, like, got back up, and you saw his shoulder dangling, like you knew. So, I mean, you can never call an injury, and you can never call a guy getting an injury. But there's certain players that you just expect it from, and I don't think Kevin Miller's that guy yet. I think if he gets injured this season, then he starts being that guy. But I, I really think. I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. I think he's going to play a top four role and actually do a good job of it. I hope so. 
Um, other defensemen that uh, I'd like to mention too are the, uh, the younger guys. Uh, Brandon Carlo was a, was an absolute standout um, in, in camp. Uh, he he really stepped it up um, from uh, development in July uh, to this training camp. Uh, Colin Miller was another very impressive uh, player. I can't wait to see him both. Uh, obviously, Colin Miller is going to be. Hopefully, a full season in the NHL, and um, with with Brandon Carlo, uh, that remains to be seen if he's going to get a spot or spend uh, some time in the AHL. But regardless, I can't wait to see them both. Um, well, Miller's going to be uh, definitely be in the NHL because he's on a yeah, he's on that deal. Yeah, yeah, one million one way. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't see any way they put him on waivers. But um, Jakob Sporl, 2015 pick, he was uh, impressive. And uh, Jeremy Lawson, uh, another one, 2015 pick, he was uh, impressive too. And um, look forward to seeing those guys, uh, whatever level they play in. Yeah. Um, uh, Austin's, uh, uh, some, just a real quick about the forwards. Uh, we've already we've already had praise about Zach Senesh and, and and his speed, his stride, his determination and the kid, believe it or not, is tough I mean, he really, he battled Kevin Miller in front of the net and, and, and in my opinion, I thought he really gave Kevin Miller a high time for positioning and yeah. that's, that's, that impressed me uh, Austin Zarnick was an, uh, a really standout camp uh, fast player, quick hands um, he'll get his shot sooner or later uh, who else trying to figure out um. Oh, Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque was another one that was uh, another standout. Uh, how was Danton Heinen? Uh, he, all right, Heinen was another. I mean, he's always going to be on my top top tier of of prospects that we. I I always need to talk about. But what impressed me was his work with Krejci and Senishin. They were yeah. they were on a line uh, most of the day yesterday in the second session, and yeah. I was I was amazed on how the chemistry. I mean, obviously Krejci goes up and down the middle and he slows everything down, but I mean once he gives that puck up right after the red line, it, it's those two kids are exploding towards the net and and yeah. like holding off the defender, trying as hard to get to that net. And both of them, I, I'm absolutely not afraid to go to the net, turn around, and be ready for a tip. Yeah. I, I thought it was just outstanding. I mean, the whole weekend experience was just unbelievable. I, I mean, I really wish I was too busy taking videos and pictures like I was a damn tourist. But You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Should have taken a lot of lot more notes on uh, on what uh, each player contributed and so on and where their, their strengths and weaknesses were. But uh, I might be able to do that next year. But um, just a, a fantastic experience and a fantastic um, um, facility. They they well, really did a top notch job. I'm gonna say what I think everyone that's listening is gonna say, and we're very jealous about about my experience. About about you being able to go. I know. I'm sorry you're 3,000 miles away. <laughs> well, next time, I'll, I'll start swimming around, like, <laughs> June. I might make it. Sell the house and move to the States. Well, <laughs> that's it. They'll have me. I, I, I've heard you lot in Boston don't appreciate the Englishmen too much. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you. My, <laughs> Might send me shipping down the river, so you never know. Down the Charles. Yeah, I won't be able to bring my tea with me. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we got about ten minutes. Ten minutes left, um, and we, we got to talk about some World Cup. Yeah. Um, I and I'll start off. I was. Uh, all summer, Rob and I have been talking about World Cup and and, and my my displeasure of of the game and so on. But I when I started watching the preliminary rounds, I was I was blown away. I really thought going into this World Cup because I I, I don't remember the World. I mean, 
I don't believe I saw the games back in the in '90s or, or whatever, how long ago it was. But you know, I actually thought that this was going to be like an all-star game kind of feeling, and I was absolutely blown away with the the hits, the compassion for um, country pride, and um, uh, you know, I, I didn't watch a lot of Bruins players, but which the ones I did watch was. Uh, Marsha and Bergeron working with Crosby. That that's like magic. Yeah. And do you think do you think when it comes to us playing the Penguins that Marshan's gonna be an agitator still? Oh yeah. Well with, I hope so. With I mean, Crosby. I don't I don't I don't give a crap if 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 <coughs> if, if uh Marshan's friends with Gallagher and uh, the Montreal Canadiens forward. Oh, you yeah. know? Is, when it when it comes to the ice, you, you bring it. Oh, yeah. you know, you know he will though. You oh, know yeah. he's never, he's never going to be friends with anyone on the ice. Look at, look at what he does with guys like Sagan, who he used to be like best friends with. Yeah, he just, he, he is the definition of a little ball of hate. Like that guy just wants to fucking annoy everyone. <laughs> uh, I love it. It's the best part of the season when we play those kind of teams. But um, when, oh sorry. Oh, I was going to say when with guys like Crosby as well, when they got a bigger head as he has, that, <laughs> that's when you know he's going to get under the skin. The as much as I paid to, uh, I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I, uh, I hate doing this, but I gotta knock my country. I don't yeah. believe, I don't believe a mastermind like Dean Lombardi put together a team. I swear to God, Dean Lombardi called Cam Neely and Don Sweeney and said. You gotta get the big bad Bruin style. It's the only way you're gonna win. You know what I mean? It, it seems like that's what they did. They they wanted, they got grit over skill. Yeah. I mean, how could you leave players like like Ocposo, uh forward and um, a defenseman uh, Cam Fowler? Uh, I believe it's Tyler Johnson. Players like that were Phil Kessel. Bill Kessel, Kessel, yeah, yeah. What's that about? Yeah, how do you leave these guys out and, and, and you replace that skill with guys that just want to hit? I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand that. And, and, and to me, that's the way the game's going. The game is going for more offense, more skill, less grit, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean... But I just don't. I, I don't understand a guy like Dean Lombardi and what he's done in the past, uh, and puts together a team like that. I was just so very, very disappointed. They'll never live down the whole "we've built a team to beat Canada" thing. Uh, oh, oh my God! You uh, you can out hit them, but you can't out skate them. <laughs> yeah, that that was the worst idea ever. Whoever came up with that whole "we've been built to beat Canada" thing, like. Yeah. That it's, was just ridiculous. This is not 1996 anymore. These people and general managers that do these events like World Cup and this and that or any Olympic-style game have to get over. You're not that team anymore. You you have to adjust with the times, just like the Boston Bruins. You have to move along with everybody else. I just... I, I started watching one of the USA games the other week um, and I, I was watching it and I was going why is this guy not playing why is that guy not playing and especially with, I think it was which game was it I can't remember now but I know they went down one goal and I just I thought oh don't worry they got guys like Kessel he'll come on and score and then I was I was watching the bench as they went past I was like I don't see Kessel there. Where's Kessel? <laughs> I'm like, how, how do you leave a guy like Kessel off the bench? Like, how good was he in the playoffs? He was just home, had nothing better to do. Exactly. Him and his dog. Oh, my God. But, Did you see that tweet? Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was the best thing ever. Like, I love that guy. Like, oh, you just can't get any better. But it's like they left Dustin Bufflin out of... A couple of games. Yeah, he got sad. Yeah, and I, I get it. If there's something happening back, like backstage, and something's going on, then yeah. But I don't think there would be with Big Buff because he's not that type of guy. Right. And he, he's more of a leader than probably most of the people he had on the ice. So, and I, th I feel bad for some of the players 
because guys like uh, Joe Pavelski, like you just you could just tell that they were they were really drained, like they were trying to put the team on the back mm-hmm. because other players weren't playing, and it, it, you just feel so sorry for them type of players. Like we saw it all last season, like guys like Marchand and guys like Bergeron for the Bruins, like you you were just hoping someone would like jump up and be like no you guys sit for a bit we we got this like some of the bottom nine forwards were going to go yeah we will do some work but it doesn't always happen and I think you've just seen it with the World Cup of Hockey with guys like Marshall and Bergeron those guys are on fire like keeping them two together especially with this contract signing like it's the best thing for the Bruins because they really are the leaders of this team, so okay. I, I I'm happy, like with the the World Cup of Hockey though. It was fun, it was good. I mean, did you see that three on three overtime? Yeah, in the Sweden game with McKinnon. Yeah, yeah, that was that was disgusting. What a great player! I, I just, yeah. I, 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 that's what I wanted to touch on before we wrap up was uh, your your feelings on the North American team. That that was an exciting tournament for those kids. Yeah, but, but half of them guys are not on the USA team. Yeah, right. <laughs> like guys like Eichel, like just put him on the USA team. Well, no, it's the, wanna... it's it's the age difference. Well, the, are the... they not allowed on at all? No, no, like... no. It's the it, it's the under twenty three. That's why uh... they played in that, and then the United States had an a twenty three and over. Oh, I thought you could like. I thought you could like interchange it so you could pick some to be on your actual team. And then no, that's the that's, that's the rules. And there's there's uh, another one like like the uh, the, the Europe team. Yeah, with, that was with, over a certain age. Wasn't right, it? because you you know you're only gonna get Marian Gabrick and and um and Tadeno Chara from Slovakia. You're not gonna well, get a full team. You know what I mean? We well, get like guys like Marian Holzer and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah, it, but it's more of a competitive thing. Yeah, yeah. But Europe have done quite good actually. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in the really, finals. Yeah, that that has really surprised me. And, Europe. Uh, Zdeno Chara is still involved. Um, we, we can always uh, we can always talk about Tuukka Rask. Finland, yeah, we That's, could. I mean, whoever like the people I saw dogging him during that game where he only let one goal in. Oh, oh my god! Give me a break. Uh, are you kidding me? The one goal that got scored, no defenseman picked up that guy in front. Like, what do you expect Tuka to do? Honestly, like, honestly, he... people, people, seriously, do not base the 2016-17 season on a tournament that he played in for his country. Oh yeah, stop it. Oh my god, stop it. People, like, it. He played outstanding in that game. I get it. He gave up a softy in the next game, but it wasn't like. An unknown player that was shooting the puck. Yeah. Like it was Anze Kopitar. Like what? You're playing the top players of, that are from like each place. Like there's going to be high scoring games. So, I mean, I think he'll. I think he'll come into this season really determined. Like you've seen it in all interviews. He's he's fired up. Yeah. He's, he's blamed himself. Like people are saying that he didn't take blame for last season and all this stuff, and I'm like, that's all he did all year is he took blame for games where it wasn't his fault. Like, give the guy a break, just. Ugh. But I, I get it; everyone's got their opinions, but it's it's just frustrating, especially right. when you're a goaltender. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the biggest. We're both goaltenders, so we're the biggest <coughs> apologists when it comes to the to the um to the position and whoever yeah. plays it, but. You know, but at the same time, we're the guys that are going to turn around when it is a softy and go, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. You know, if he gets up a softy, I'm like, you know, you know, uh, defense. That was all defense. I'm not like that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, damn it, Tuca. You oh, know, yeah. I, think, I, I, I think we messaged each other a couple of times last year. <laughs> one of the games where he let, um, I think it was one where he let a wraparound goal in. And it didn't. It was kind of an easy one to go for. 
and both of us sent a message at the same time yeah. saying like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> it you was know, just one of them where you're just like oh no please if it's warranted we're gonna say something about it but you oh, know yeah. you can't give up on the guy's skill I mean if the if the if the management believe in him you know I think a lot of other people have to believe in him too but for, for me this upcoming season is definitely going to be one of those, you know. Let's let's see it. Let's let's go. This is when you're supposed to be, you know, at your at your highest point of maturity as a goaltender. Because you and I know, you know, some 20 year old kid, we're not going to get the Matt Murrays. Yeah. Those are few and far between. But goaltenders are always the ones that are hardest because they 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 mature the highest points of their in their late 20s. So right. I want to see I want to see him come out this year with a nice good attitude. Let's start fresh. You know I know his skill. I I know his numbers. I want to see it. Yeah, and I, I want to see him hit that thirty win again. Yeah, like, I want to see him just keep that going because I mean you don't see a lot of goaltenders get thirty wins three consecutive seasons in a row. The only I mean, goaltender that I know that has ever had thirty wins. In his whole career as Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so. I mean, he just. I think if he keeps like he has and we make the right additions to the team and we do all the stuff that the general manager needs to, then we're going to get better. But it's just. I mean, it's two weeks away. Like, it's less than two weeks away. Right. We're almost there. Like, hang, on, hang on a minute. I have an app for that. Yeah, we need to just hold on not too long and then we can finally get back to the season. My app says 17 days, 1 hour and 45 minutes from the first game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, I can't wait. Oh man, this is so close. So close. And then from then on it's weekly podcasts and yes. non-stop yes. blasting nearly yep <laughs> we're gonna do that thoroughly but um yeah. yeah we are making a dire promise to our listeners um uh we needed a break but we are gonna be doing um a weekly podcast from here to the end of the year and the off season whatever so um please stay tuned um uh, thank you for the support um i gotta give a shout out to uh my friend heather uh, my friend Raymond and um, my friend Brenda uh, my friend Rhonda that I met she writes for thepinkpuck.com she was a big help this weekend thank you very much Rhonda um, you know these guys there's, there's, the support is just very overwhelming and we're going to keep going and we're not going to take any more breaks to keep you updated weekly yeah so and preseason starts tonight. Yes, tonight against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Or yes. if you're listening tomorrow, we won yesterday. Yes, yes. So, first <laughs> win of the season. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I want to start doing this real quickly. As, as, um, if, if you want to get involved in the show, um, uh, you can always send us an email and with any questions, and, we, and we, we'll try to uh, make some time on the show to read them. Uh, you can find um, our email at black, the letter N, gold hockey blog at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, just uh, reach out to us, or you, know, you can also find the address, uh, the web address, um, uh, the, I'm sorry, the email address on, uh, on the SoundCloud um, uh, information. And I, I'll post it on Twitter and on Facebook. So if you guys ever want to reach out and tell us how we feel. And uh, please, if you have iTunes, go on and leave us a, a rating and um, a comment. Um, so. And any abuse you want to send us, that's fine. Exactly. We have thick skin. Um, yeah, you know, we can take that. Exactly. <laughs> but so, uh, It's always good. <laughs> you can follow Rob. On Twitter at Rob Forty Bruins, you can follow me, Mark, at Black and Gold Two Seven Seven, and um, we thank you again, and we'll be back next uh, next weekend sometime. 
to talk preseason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. <laughs> so excited. All right, Rob, thank you so much. It's good to be back. I'm so happy to be talking Bruins after three weeks. Uh, yeah. This is. I'm just so excited. So, and we're gonna, we're gonna have guests coming up soon. So be prepared. Yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.